T-Man, starring Dennis O'Keefe. T-Man, the law enforcement agent of the Treasury Department. Skilled fighter against crime, relentless enemy of the underworld. T-Man, Steve Larson, played by Dennis O'Keefe. In tonight's transcribed Treasury case, show business is no business. The way this thing began, you couldn't tell how big it was or how far it would spread. First, there were a few very pretty $5 bills picked up in Albany, New York. It was nice paper, and the engraving was almost perfect. When bills as good as that start floating around, the Treasury Department gets awfully jumpy. So I jumped from Washington to Albany. I spent most of the day in Albany trying to find somebody who remembered receiving one of the bills. Then about 5.30 in the evening, I was talking to a bartender named Louie at the Hudson House. Like I'm telling you, Mr. Larson, I just can't be sure. Maybe it was this dame who asked for Dubonet and vodka, and maybe it wasn't. Anyhow, you never saw her before. No, I never. Anyway, she asked for a Dubonet and vodka. She slips me this bill, see? The one you got there. And I think nothing about it. I give it a change. I think. You think? Well, uh, that is, I mean, if she is the one that gave me the bill. Seems like she was. Then again, maybe she wasn't. Can you describe the woman? What did she look like? Oh, like this, see? Like this and like that. Yeah, yeah. Her face, I mean. Oh, her face? Oh, I guess I didn't look. Anyhow, I don't remember. Do you think you'd recognize her if you saw her again? Certainly I'd recognize her. Who wouldn't? My man, I'm telling you, she was just about to... Louie was still telling me when I left the place. My Washington plane didn't leave until midnight, so I had five hours of nothing to do. I ate something, drank something, read the paper, yawned, tried to decide whether to try to balance my expense account, yawned, and found myself staring out the restaurant window at the theater across the street. The sign on the marquee read Lydia Lane and Archer Vance in blood on the front page, not a movie. Though I had never heard of either of the actors or the play, I decided to see the not a movie, because there's nothing in this world as awful, as wonderfully awful, as a really bad play. I love them. And this one I had a feeling I was going to adore... Even across the street and through a plate glass window, it stank. I followed my nose. Any seat you want in the house. How about the uh, sixth roll sit around? That'll do. Thank you, sir. I, I say. Yeah? I, you know somebody in this play? <laughs> no, I... Well, Why? Only reason I can figure out why anybody would want to see this turkey. That bad? You want your money back now or later? Hmm. How long has the turkey been laying its eggs in this basket? This is the second night. Tomorrow night, East Lynn. A very sour man in the box office. I left him counting bales of unsold tickets and groped my way through the dark to a lonely pew, six-row center. There were a few other unfortunates scattered in the gloom, obviously lost. On the stage, two remarkably curvaceous girls switched their 1880 costumes around an 1880 set that was supposed to represent a small newspaper office in the Southwest. They seemed to be having some trouble about love. 
I listened and Julia, got my ears Julia, assaulted Julia, by things Julia. like this. I've known about you and John all along, right from the beginning. But I will not give him up, my dear Julia, not if I have to kill you. Nonsense, Grace, nonsense. Do you think you can frighten me? I laugh at your frets. Ha, ha, ha. But wait, here comes John now. At this Shall point, I Johnny threw open the door and entered with a sweeping gesture. Ah, Julia. Ah, Grace. John. Have you heard the news? Pedro Gomez, the bandit, is reported on his way to this very time. But why is he coming here? I believe he intends to revenge himself upon me for certain stories I have published in my paper. Oh, John, you must flee. Me too, I thought. And flee I did, right up the aisle and into the lobby. Unfortunately, the box office was closed. A man in a camel's hair polo coat was leaning against the ticket window, cleaning his fingernails. As I passed, he looked up and spoke. Couldn't take it, huh? Only in small doses. Have you seen it? Yep. Does it get any better later? Worse. You can't help wondering who puts up the money for a thing like that. Some dope. You alone? Mm Mm-hmm. How's if I buy a drink? The man said his name was Lee M. Parry. He didn't ask my business, and I didn't ask his. On the surface, this was just a casual encounter. When we were standing at a nearby bar with drinks in our hands, I uh, I began to wonder. You live in Albany, Larson? Oh, no, no, I don't. Mind if I ask where you do live? Oh, no, not at all. Uh, upstate, Buffalo. Why? Travel? Some. Back quite a lot. Then I might have seen you anywhere. Are you, uh, you mean you think you've seen me before? When you first came out of the show, I thought so. Now I'm not so sure. Say, you wouldn't be connected with the Anson Withers and Grant people, would you? No, no, I'm more or less on my own. You know them, though. In Buffalo, they're big. Well, let's just say I know of them. Just of them. Yeah. I got to use the phone. Be right back. I knew I'd made a mistake the instant the words were out of my mouth. This man, Lee Ampery, the dark stranger in the polo coat, had tried to find out whether I would tell the truth about myself. But why? I finished my drink and went back to where there were a couple of phone booths. They were both empty, and Mr. Amperry was nowhere. Just to be sure, I made use of one of the booths. Long distance. I want a number in Buffalo, New York, operator, but I, uh, I don't know the number. The name is Anson Withers and Grant. Just a moment, please. After an efficiently brief moment, I got the answer I knew I'd get. I'm sorry, sir. Anson Withers and Grant is not listed in Buffalo, New York. I went back to the bar and ordered another drink. I was waiting for it when... uh... Is anybody sitting here? No, no. There was somebody, but uh, I don't think he's coming back. What do you have? I beg your pardon. <laughs> Take it easy, Anne. You know my name? Well, I'm not sure I know your name, but I remember the one I saw on the program tonight. Oh. Anne Rivers, wasn't it? Oh, you saw the play tonight. Wasn't it lousy? Mm, yes, indeedy. But you, you were great. Absolutely great. Of course, you have to say that. Yes, isn't it silly? Am I that bad? Darling, you're terrible. Well, thanks a lot. Oh, I'm sorry. I guess I should No, I suppose you're right. But it's such a bad play. One scotch and soda, light on a soda. Oh, uh, 
The lady? Oh, um, vodka and seven up. No, uh, Dubonnet? Why Dubonnet? Seven up. Right. I don't even know your name. Steve Larson. Hello, Steve. Hello. Hey, uh, it's only a little after 10 o'clock. Is the curtain down already? I'm not in the last act. Oh, I see. Oh, um, I was talking to Lee a few minutes ago. Lee? Lee Ampere. Who's he? The, uh, the guy in the camel's hair coat. I like camel's hair on a man. Mink is better on a woman, though. Don't you think so, Steve? Sure, sure. You aren't a talent scout, are you? <laughs> well, uh, yes and no. Oh, that means yes, doesn't it? No, that means no. Oh, Steve, I like you. Man, I'm glad you do. Don't forget me just because you saw me in a lousy play tonight. Nobody could do anything with those lines. Where can we go right now? Where can we go? Oh, well, <laughs> I've got to catch a plane. I... Just for a few minutes, someplace where it's quiet. Or, well, maybe it's quiet enough here. Listen, think of me as Juliet in Romeo and Juliet. Oh. Act two, scene two. Mm -hmm. This bud of love by summer's ripening breath may prove a beauteous flower when next we meet. Good? Oh, darling, what can I say? Reading those immortal lines, you were, you were copacetic. And now, dear one, parting is such sweet sorrow. Night. I folded my Arabs like a tanter, however it goes, and silently stole away into the night in the general direction of the car which was to take me to the airport. At a dark corner as I approached the waiting carriage, there were sounds and alarms. Hey, Chuck. Me? Yeah, you. I lifted my nose out of the gutter and sat up. Why would anybody want to shoot me? At least, why would anybody want to shoot me in Albany? In Tokyo, yes. Mexico City, yes. Berlin and Cape Town, sure. But why Albany? I didn't have the answer to that one, so I took the plane back to Washington to report to the chief. A most interesting life you've been leading in Albany, Steve, but it doesn't throw much light on those phony $5 bills. Oh, I know, and I'm just as much in the dark about the pot shot somebody took at me last night. Well, what do you propose to do next? Wait. For what? Phony $5 bills. If this is an organized ring, they'll lay low for a few days and then start passing again. And I've got a hunch they won't be operating in Albany. All right. I'll have all the bank reports of bad money rooted to your desk as they come in. Good. I've got an idea we'll be seeing a lot more of that queer green. My hunch was right. For nearly a week, nothing more interesting was reported than three bad tens in San Francisco and a poorly made 20 in Butte, Montana. And then suddenly, the plague of phony fives began again from just one area, northern New York State. They showed up in such little towns as Pattersonville, Ephrata, Canajahari, and Esperance. A few turned up in Dwaynesburg and more than a few in Scotia. A quick look at the map showed me that Schenectady was right in the center of this area. I flew to Schenectady, and for the next two days, I talked to bank tellers, store clerks, and gas station attendants for miles around. I reported the results of this investigation to the Treasury Department, Washington, D.C. What the report said was, nothing. 
Back in Schenectady, I had an evening left over. The last plane had left, and I was at what is called loose ends. The paper said that there was a play in town called Blood on the Front Page. I looked at my watch. It was something after 10 p.m., and I remembered that Ann Rivers wasn't in the last act, so I, uh, I went around to the stage door. Where? Howdy. Ann Rivers off yet? Ann Rivers? Ann Rivers. She's in this show, you know. She's in this show, you know. She is, isn't she? Is she? Ain't she? There's always two sides to every question. <laughs> you gotta admit that, don't you? I admit that. There's the Republican side and the Democrat side. Brooklyn and that other club. Uh, always two sides. Would a buck help any? Would a buck help any? Yeah. Oh, she's in Kelly's Winona Bar across the street, son. In Kelly's Winona, I found Ann Rivers brooding over a vodka and coke. She saw me in the bar mirrors. I came up behind her. Steve. Well, well, hello, Ann. You lied to me, didn't you, Steve? Very probably. About what? You are a talent scout, aren't you? And you followed me here to offer me a contract, haven't you? Oh, now, wait a minute. But, Steve... Uh, what, gorgeous? I won't start for less than a hundred a week, Steve. Oh, forget it, baby. You were wrong the first time, and you're wrong now. How's the show going? Lousy. Mm. Show business is no business, huh? With this turkey. Now, I've got a play that would really knock the people dead. Yeah, but... Listen, Steve, in the first act, the curtain isn't up three minutes before I'm... Uh-oh. Uh What's the matter? Here come Lydia and Archie. Lydia and... Oh, yes, I see. The lead's in your play. Lydia Vane and Archie Vence. That Lydia, she can't act her way out of a paper bag. <laughs> oh, they've seen us. Lydia, darling! Mommy! Come here, Lydia. I want you to meet a dear friend of mine, Steve Larson. Uh -huh. Steve, isn't she beautiful? <laughs> I don't care what anybody says. Darling, how do you do, Mr. Larson? Uh, this is Mr. Vance. How do you do? Hi. Will you uh, have a drink with us? Why, darling, I just love it. Double vodka. And Dubonnet? Just vodka, a double. Uh, what do you have, Mr. Vance? Vodka and Dubonnet. Let me have another look at you, will you, Mr. Vance? Uh, would you mind turning around? Why? Oh, no. No, Louis couldn't have met your figure. You aren't being funny, are you, Larson? No. Because if trouble's what you want, let's step out to the alley, shall we? Archie, Steve is a talent scout. Oh. Oh, I'm sorry, old boy. I, I didn't know, really. Uh, let me buy the drinks, will you, old boy? Steve, is that true? Are you really a talent scout?